This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Right on. Well, it's amazing to actually get to meet you, uh, I, at least virtually meet you. Um, thank you so much for hanging out on TPQ20 with me today. Uh, it is an absolute, absolute honor. Um, we always like to start off TPQ by saying uh, we know who you are, but our audience might be new to you. Um, you're about to have a whole new audience with a, an amazing book coming out. Um, so if you were to give the bio that, you know, your publicist doesn't have, the back of the book isn't going to show, who are you? You know, I've been thinking about this question for like three days straight. Um, okay, so who am I? Okay. I am an avid gamer. Um, I love playing video games. Um, I love anime, um, which is kind of obvious, I guess, on my Twitter. But I really do love anime. Like, really, really love anime. Um, what else? Um, God, it's not on my in my bio. I think those are the biggest things. I also read a lot of like um, uh, boys love um, Korean comics. Um, it's like manga, but it's not Japanese. It's just Korean, um, and they call it boys' love. But of course, you know, it's just it's just queer and gay, um, <laughs> obviously. Um, what else? I mean, that's pretty much the gist of me: anime, gaming, and all things gay and queer. All right, so uh, let's start with games. I I am not much of a you know I'm I'm a child of the '80s and a dad that told me that uh, video games would break our TV. Of course. Uh, so I did, <laughs> I did not grow up playing uh, playing the video games, and then I, I definitely uh, jumped into it in college and, and after. But uh, what are some of the favorite games for you? Uh, what uh, what uh, what do you get up going? I'm gonna go do this today. Um. So my favorite game of all time is The Last of Us. It is a um. God, I guess to put it very simply and plainly, it's like not a zombie apocalypse game, but, you know, like a Resident Evil type of, like, something happened, and then they had to, you know, find the the, the medicine for the virus that happened that's attacking all people, and this little girl is apparently the only person in the world who isn't affected by <laughs> the virus, right? And so um, it's a shooter, um, and I don't even know why I love shooter games so much, but I love shooter games i think i have to blame probably halo my dad got me a, a xbox when it first came out and got me halo out of all the games to get me and i think <laughs> ever since then i've been hooked on game, game for it's game. weird like, i don't know why my, my mom got me playstation but my dad got me halo and i was just like okay let's play halo i mean ever since then i've been hooked on shooting games like any game that has a gun or a bow and arrow Bow and arrows are just like my Achilles heel. The game has a bow and arrow. Yes. I just talked to IS Jones, who uh, who does yeah. archery on the side. Like blew my mind. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a I'm not a big sports person. I probably would never 
you know, going to sports ever again in my life. This sports growing up, great, fantastic. Cool. Now Luther Hughes, twenty twenty two, never sports. However, <laughs> if I was given a bow, and I would just probably just like love it. How love much fun! It. it sounds like so much fun. It sounds uh, like it's... so much fun. <laughs> All right, love so there's, there's our game side of things. Um, I am learning as a as a uh, I've been teaching for 20 years now and I have definitely been the classroom that uh, has the manga club uh, but I don't know much about it I just love being the place where people can go my kid though is obsessed with like hunter hunter um, yes. demon slayer yes and so I am I am quickly learning about all of this anime manga world uh, in in our house so um, what is your favorite so uh... <laughs> It's like a two-part answer because my favorite, I guess, based off of nostalgia, is just Naruto. Okay. Off of nostalgia, like that's just like it's you know Naruto like really just mothered all of current anime. It is like the the blueprint like of all like, anime. Uh, it's, it's like my generation had Akira as like the blueprint. Yes. Of everything. Yes. Exactly right. And so like Naruto, like every anime that comes out now is like based off of like a three-person like thing. It's a whole whatever. Off of nostalgia. However, I feel like I moved past like the the Demon Slayers, the Naruto's, the, all like the like the mainstream anime into like slice of life, where it's like people going to their jobs and having like <laughs> daily problems. I'm like, yeah, that's what I need. I need I need that. Give me the slice of life. <laughs> so I feel like because of that, I'm no longer into that. Like my, my favorite anime for sure is the anime called Given. Um, it is a uh, high school anime. It's gay, of course, because of course all things gay is what's, what's, what's for me. And so um, it's about this, this high schoolers who are in a band, um, who are in a band with some college students. And like the main characters, um, they like kind of like fall in love, like a high school love. Um, it's great. Love it. Love it to death. You cannot tell me anything else matters besides that anime to me. But yeah, not a two for nostalgia given for the not mainstream anime. Love it. Um, well, and I, I, I have to ask our normal question of passions then. Uh, where do these passions find their way into your poetry? You because, know... Because now I've, I've definitely done a deep dive into this new book of yours that's coming out. Um, and then I, I passed off the review. So, so the poetry question works in weird ways. I kind of get everything and hoard things and say, I'm going to review all these things. And then Ronnie Stevens, who is kind of like, in my opinion, the great, uh, Ebony, Ebony Stewart calls him the poet historian. Love it. Um, and then he will send me a message and say, nope, these are mine. So, <laughs> and the ones he says, when he, when he says that, that means that there's something about it that's going to be next level. Um, mm -hmm. so, so I, I, he, he's got that going on. And, and I, I know from talking with him about it, he's as excited as I am. Um, so knowing that you have this love of anime and video games and also knowing that your, your upcoming book doesn't share a lot of the stories about anime and video games, um, how do your passions find their way into your work or do you have to keep them kind of separate? You know, for the longest time, I thought, um, they had to be separate because, um, they serve different parts of my being, right? I think poetry is just always going to be there for a way to express myself and, you know, get things out in ways that I can't figure out in my day-to-day -day life. Um, and then anime and gaming, um, I thought were different um, outlets of hobbies or um, other ways of expressing myself that doesn't involve me actually speaking or writing things down. 
However, the more I think about the two and how they kind of coincide is the idea of storytelling. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think the reason why I love anime so much is because how they tell a story and the structures in which they tell the story. Um, the same for gaming, right? It's a very, very structured way to tell a gaming story or a narrative and the elements in which, say, the character goes on a journey. I think um, the more I think about those elements, it's very prevalent in my book that the speakers are on a journey of self-discovery, right? And so I think that's a way for the three to kind of coincide and live in the same world. However, will I ever write a poem about gaming or about anime? Probably not, but there is a poem in the book called Given that is takes its title from my favorite anime, <laughs> Given, purposely, because yeah. I love the two so much. And the idea of, again, storytelling and kind of being... Um, that's about because the speakers are kind of dramatic in a way where it's like, girl, relax. Like, you're not going through so much. <laughs> However, that kind of mimics the way an anime is told or a manga is told where, like, the characters are kind of dramatic or over-dramatized in a way that the, the reader or the, the viewer can kind of relate in the way. And so I think those have similar elements. But again, I'm not going to be, you know, writing a book on anime or writing a book on gaming in the ways that I would say write a book on depression or love or what have you come back to this conversation in like five years I know it you'll have you'll have written like a video game script and a manga I know it I know it I know it (laughs) which you know it it is uh one of the things that I love I think more about contemporary poetry than than I have in, in a long time is that storytelling you know is the storytelling that's going on with it you know, I can pick up a collection now and know that for the most part, there is a thread that's going to work its way through. Um, and that's, it's something that I think, I think poetry kind of forgot about for like 40, 50 years mm-hmm. was that a collection isn't just necessarily an amalgamation of poems. It is, it is a story. It's a thread. It's thematic at, you know, at, at least it is, it is thematic with purpose. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a book. Yeah, right. Like, I feel like um, the idea of a collection is different than the idea of a book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I like I like I like when reading I like reading poetry books that have a little thematic uh, thread or like a narrative throughout. I mean, I also love books who don't, you know, necessarily have a a thematic thread or, you know, a conceit. Um, I do. I do really enjoy. Also, also, I think that's why I really enjoy fiction. Um, for the longest time growing up, I thought I was going to be a fiction writer. I just knew it. I was going to be a novelist. It was going to be great. Um, but I really do love a story and getting lost in a story. And so um, that's kind of how I wanted to craft uh, the book was with a, not a narrative in mind, but for sure for readers to feel like there's something happening thematically or something happening where they're entering the book and leaving the book with a story. Oh, the progression, um, the progression of self is i mean so prevalent and who you know not to give things away too much but like there is such a progression of speaker throughout you know throughout the book there is a growth that you have to see or else it would just kind of sit like if we don't get to a climax at some point right we don't have a storyline and i love that about your work is it truly does i mean it it is it is a drama Uh, it is it is not it is not a comedy it is not your anime book uh, but it it tells a harrowing tale of a person trying to figure out who they are um, when they don't fit into their own existence, even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, um, and, you know, skimming through the book um, randomly, like, throughout my day, be like, oh, I have an arc here. I can, what's going on with this? Um, 
it always does surprise me. Um, and you know, like people don't talk about enough about like the first book type of blues where it's like, oh, like I'm not this person anymore. Like how did I even begin to even write this or even craft this or curate these uh, these tellings? And it's interested in going through it. And it's like, oh, I kind of have to reintroduce myself to myself to kind of talk about the book because I'm not that person anymore. And so for me, it's how always many- like a, what is our timeline for that? When did you like, um, the uh, oldest poem in there? Uh, the oldest poem might be, whew, okay. Not 10 years old, but maybe seven or eight. Oh. Um, and then the book was finished in 2020. And so it's been years since I, you know, right. really wrote poems in that kind of vein of Luther Hughes, right? Um, I've written a couple of poems since then, um, but they don't belong anywhere near that book. And so right. it's interesting to kind of like see and like flip through and be like, huh, so, dra- so dramatic. There's so, so, like so much it, drama. It was the book that needed to be written. Those For pieces, sure. Those pieces are there. And now we can breathe and move into Luther Hughes 2.0. For sure, for sure. I, I keep telling my friends and myself that I will never write another crow poem ever again. The crows have died with the book. Like, there's no more crow poems. Please leave me alone with the crows. <laughs> and I feel like, and I feel I'm, like since I'm saying that, I've been birds. seeing like I've been like seeing more crow stuff. Oh, I love birds. I love birds. And so I'm trying to not write another crow poem and just write more bird stuff and so oh, so you and, don't you hold and me to Ada it Lam- but if there's Ada a next Lamone book to get together and write a joint book about yes yes <laughs> ada if you're listening hit my line <laughs> that's awesome i mean but i think there you know we need we need that first book i like that idea that people don't talk about the first book blues that's a really good way to to look at that is you needed to get that out and now you you can do that uh and it will set the stage for whatever is to come next Definitely, definitely. So um, I always like to talk about process, but I had a different sort of bent to the process question for you. You mm-hmm. curate one of the best libraries uh, out there. Um, oh. Your your list of, of who we should be reading uh, is has always been amazing. Um, I think the first time I, I even saw who you were, it was a picture of you licking a book. <laughs> uh, and that that definitely was like okay i gotta figure out what this is all about and then started following you but what does it take to get on the uh on the luther hughes list like when you, when you sit down to curate to curate your library you know of of writers what are you looking for in a book and uh and do you read everything that you put on that list oh i read everything up on the list um it just seems like i it seems disingenuous if i don't read it um what does it take? It takes really nothing. I think I just, I come across a lot of poems. I come across a lot of poets who, you know, I am not familiar with. And I'm just, I just get excited about knowing their work. And usually um, I try to curate lists of folks who, one, who I haven't, you know, really highlighted before, because I think um, it's important for myself as a reader and a writer to know more poets and to love on more poets. And I think others should love on more poets too. And so I try not to um, put out lists who people have already like kind of highlighted. It's impossible to always do that because I think um, poets publish 
rather frequently these days. And so it's hard not to, you know, be excited about poets who you were excited about a month ago, right? Um, but honestly, like, all it takes is for the poem to be good or the book to be good. I just don't have anything else to say besides that. I think, you know, the work is good, it's good. Um, and I'm not the person to say like, you know, what's a good or bad poem. Um, I think I'm, I'm not God or anything, right? Um, and also I know what a good poem is. You know, like I, I, I read so much that I, I'm familiar with what a poem does and how a poem is successful in its approach and its attempt. And so um, I just wanna live on poets, to be honest, and get poets out there and show the world who poets can be. And um, I'm always surprised people are like, oh my God, I'm so honored. I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> I'm honored. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very honored to have read your work. Like, what do you mean you're honored? I'm I'm actually in the presence of, of, of a genius. And so for me, it's just about, you know, like if I come across it and I like it a lot, I'm gonna put it on a list. Some way, some way, somehow, I'm gonna get it on a list. Well, how um, cool is it in today's world mm -hmm. that there can be a list of so many names? Like the fact yeah. that we have so many poets out there right now who are who are really making a difference. The fact that you can put together a list of of you know a catalog of poets is is pretty incredible. Yeah, the amount of poets that I might be introduced to say in a week is remarkable like i just like you like you know like of course you know like there are like millions of poets right but then because the way twitter works the way the internet works like it's just like you're able to actually witness there are millions of poets right. coming across you your day-to-day -day feed and this is it, it blows my mind that hap that, that that happens it also tells me like poetry is in a bubble right like poets are literally everywhere doing everything and at every time and so that just excites me about the world of poetry in general. And so my little like newsletter, my little thing is just like trying to grasp all the greatness and be like, y'all, for one hour, read these 20 poets right now, please. And get back to me again next month with 20 new poets. So it's, like, it's, just, it's just so exciting to be in that presence of poetry that seems so obtainable and at your, at your hand's reach. Well, and it's, yeah, and it's, it's exciting. Like, I definitely, I definitely look forward to your newsletter. So like, it's exciting to see what's out there. And I like that idea of take an hour and read these, like these poets. That's a really good way to look at it. It's like, you know, I, I give my students a task every, you know, every year when I get into the poetry and in it, instead of just like, okay, let's read poetry. It's go online. Um, you know, it used to be start off by typing in button poetry, just type in nice. button poetry to YouTube and then go. Um, and you know, I, I started the, I actually, I started the poetry question because a student challenged me about 10 years ago, it challenged me to prove the relevancy of poetry in the 21st century. Oh, wow. And it was okay. Like this is a really overwhelming question. So I did give them kind of take an hour. You have, you have a class period, uh, and they filled up 183 names on a whiteboard of, uh, wow. you know, of poets that they found in that hour. Um, and that kind of became the catalyst for like, okay, there really are this many people out there who are writing and they're not just writing down like Edgar Allan Poe and they're not writing down you know, right. like it's not just Kanye West it's okay let's see who's out here and actually dig into things you know who's Clementine Van Roddix and Alex Dang and all these mm. people who you know uh, it's it's where I found Denez Smith was through a student uh scouring nice. poetry like things like that that pop up that are amazing and your list I think gives people a pathway to to do that um, I hope. I really hope. Right. It's. I mean, it's. It's a good. It's a good start. 
So then, okay, so you've got that. So then what about your writing process, though? Are you a superstitious person? Are you uh, lighting 14 candles behind you <laughs> of incense? Or, or are you a grab your phone whenever you uh, have, you know, the mood strikes? You know, my process... Okay, so the process with writing A Shiver in the Leaves, I think is different than my process now, um, whatever the process is. I don't write poems like that too much, to be honest, right now. I mean, there's, not um, pro- there's not a process? Yeah, yeah right. Um, but with Shiver in the Leaves, um, which I guess is similar to my process now, but a lot of it was handwritten in a notebook um, first, and then, um, you know, in a notebook scratch scribbled whatever whatever um editing within the notebook and then once i feel like i got to a point of the draft that was somewhat final i'm able to type it up in on my laptop in a word document and of course typing it up then creates a new draft of what the thing is and then i go through the editing process with that new draft so that was pretty much a lot of the books um process um which always involves um you know, finding poems or books that I think are in conversation with what I'm trying to write. Um, mm. That's a process that I always have. I always try to find something that can talk to what I'm trying to do um, because I I know I'm not the first person to write about this thing. And so somebody else has written about this thing somehow and I know it's out there. And so I get the digging and the searching. Um, and usually I have a poet or a poem in mind that can talk to that poem that I'm trying to write. Mm. Pull it up quickly or look at the book quickly and be like, how do they write about this thing? Or like, how do they make that image work? And so I'm able to, um, in some way, be in conversation with those other poets and writers who have written about this thing I'm trying to write about. Um, that's all the process I have. For poems that came up after um, A Shiver in the Leaves, um, they're very few, possibly like 10 poems, probably max. Um, they've all been written on my laptop. Um, and I don't know why I stopped um, handwriting poems. I think um, just the way I think my life has shifted since writing a shiver in the leaves way like the world has shifted the way i'm shifting and thinking about poems and the work and reading and writing um i just feel it's um been easier to type things up than it has been to write down by longhand a poem um but it still involves you know gathering other pieces of mediums and media to like kind of filter and kind of hold up what i'm trying to write um but Pretty much it. Um, I really sit down usually with like a thought or an idea or feeling, maybe an image, maybe a line um, that I'm trying to then flesh out. Um, I'm not a note taker. I also cannot jot down something without writing it out fully. I cannot do that. I just don't have it in me to, uh, like people can be like write down like notes and stuff and come back to things. I cannot do that. I have, if I'm gonna write a poem, I have to write the poem. Mm enough for me to be like, okay, this is done. Like even like this, there, there are a few times where I can write a poem on my like my notes app, my phone. I literally have to write it out on the notes app completely before I am doing anything else. There've been times I'm on a bus and she'd be like, oh, I have a poem idea. And I'm like on a poem the entire time, I'm just like writing a poem. Because I cannot, I cannot leave the, the, the landscape of the poem without finishing it. Mm. I applaud people who can like jot down notes and go away and come back. I wish I had that that skill I do not have that skill I have to finish it and then once I'm finished I come back and start editing and I think it's because I'm a heavy editor mm-hmm. I love editing editing gives me so much joy because I think the poem really comes out in the editing process versus the writing process and so for me writing it out first I can like okay this is done 
I'll come back to it tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I can edit. Ah, ah, ah. So that's my process too. Um, I love that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't hear a lot of people who, who talk about loving the edit. I, I'm <sighs> right there with you. I love going back through pieces and finding where can I, I even have a, a an old strunk and white rule number 13 tattoo, which is uh, omit needless words. Cause it's a reminder to me what, yes. what doesn't need to be there. What's the, what's the extraneous part. I love, I love the editing part of that. That's really cool to hear that. Cause yeah. it's part of your poetry process. It's, I mean, yeah. it's what gets it there. I love it. I love, oh, editing is just, it is, it gives me, it gives me joy. Like to like, to like literally like, and I, I'm a heavy Googler. I Google literally everything. Like I can know word frontwards and backwards, but I will still Google it just to make sure I exactly know exactly what it means. Like Google everything. I like, you know, I switch, you know, does and ands. Like I, I love editing. I think that just gives the poem so much more intention. And I'm a person of intent. Like I really do believe that poetry is about intent because it is about, you know, gesturing towards the thing you're trying to say. And so get it to what you want to say like get it to that 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 inch of it being the exact thing you're trying to say like get it there I think that's the magic in poetry it's like wow like I know how that feels because you got it to that that almost moment and it's just wow. it's beautiful to me I love that I love that response because that's that's I it just makes me really giddy to know that somebody else has like that love of editing because it it it's fun like there's a you cre you're creating kind of a new piece out of the piece that you thought was going yeah. to be the, the you know a finished product. Yeah. Um, so then on the flip side of things, let's talk about some obstacles and like roadblocks along the way. Um, you know, you, your career hasn't been hasn't been super long, but you started writing poetry, I imagine, many many moons ago. So with that what have kind of been your obstacles and roadblocks and are they things you've gotten over or have they maybe become a part of your work let's see roadblocks um so one roadblock that i kind of continually think about and kind of come it does come up a lot um not a lot but frequently is uh, trying to do other things artistically that aren't poetry or writing and so I grew up actually dancing I'm a, I actually grew up dancing hip-hop um for many years I have a background in dancing um and poetry was always kind of like the back burner like on the side um and so the minute I wanted to start doing poetry of course there's conflicts between going to a reading or going to a dance class right mm. and I was like well if I want to be a poet, like if I want to do this thing, I have to go to this reading. Like I have to emerge myself in that community because that's what I want to do. And, you know, for hobbies at the time, wasn't a big deal. Skip a dance class, go to a poetry reading, go to a dance class. It was fine. When I started going to school for poetry, um, there were times where there were auditions for dance things. And I had to say, a class, right? And I couldn't skip the class. One, because I was paying for it. But two, because like, well, I I need to study poetry if I'm going to be a poet. So I can't go to this audition, right? There were times though I did skip a classical audition. There were times, right? Um, and so for the longest, I kept having these competing uh, passions um, for the longest time where I just had to let something go and dance had to be like go for dance and I, I didn't want to be a dancer dance was something I just love to do because I love entertaining you know I also have a background in acting and so like I love just to entertain and like be kind of lose myself within 
the thing, um, which is probably why I'm also poor, losing myself within the thing, right? And so um, I have to let those other passions go to be a poet um, for years. And I, you know, friends didn't get it. Like, you know, friends who are dancers or who, you know, did other mediums were like, what are you doing? Like, I'm reading right now. Like, so you can't answer your phone? Like, no, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't call you during your dance practice. So don't call me when I'm reading a book. And so it was a lot of like, just like trying to kind of train my friends to realizing that like, it's important for me to write for an hour, the same was important for you to go to a dance studio for an hour. And so it was like really training my friends to like take this seriously so I can take it seriously. And now they're understanding like, you know, they might understand really like what I do. I feel like my friends are like, what do you do again? I'm like, oh, <laughs> I work, you know, in arts, but I'm also a poet. And they're like, oh yeah, he's a teacher, he's a poet. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Tell so every table one, I'm a teacher. Don't you don't you day in my life, but sure, why not? Um, if that makes sense for you, it makes sense for me. And so now that the book is done and coming out, I'm finding myself wanting to reignite some of my old passions. Oh. Um, and I really, I really, I still love acting. I thought I was going to be an actor for many, many years. Um, and so I'm keep telling myself to take, start taking acting classes to get kind of back into acting. Right. Um, one of my biggest um, goals in life is to be on a TV show. Cool. Whether I'm a B character, a C character, I don't care what it is. Just put me <laughs> on the show. Love it. And so um, I would love to get back into acting. Um, dancing is always there because I'm back in the city I was raised in. And, you know, my the company I was part of is a big part of the Seattle. So, like, if I want to dance, I can dance easily. But yeah. acting is something I want to do. And I just don't know how to get into it. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. because, you know, I was trained that to get into something, you got to go to school for it. I don't want to go back to school right. ever again in my life. And so I don't want to go to school for acting. However, I'm gonna take a class at a community college or something, but yeah. I think the obstacle, to get back to your question, the obstacles have always been um, poetry or. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to overcome the idea of there needing to be an or and learning that I can do all of my passions at once without having to sacrifice one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, a, that, that's always gonna be an obstacle. And also because I believe that I'm a person that, I have to launch myself into something to really like do it. And I just don't know how to launch myself into other things that's not reading and writing and literary um, without giving it the same oomph as I did for poetry for X amount of years. And so I'm trying to learn what that means for me, I think. It sounds like a a Luther Hughes one-man show at some point. You Um, know... (sighs) Some type type of like multi-genre documentary series. Uh, or if stage performance that uh yes if i could if i could do it all do it all i could i would just can't do it all well but i mean i think there is like it's interesting knowing you know knowing that dance background and the fluidity of that because that does become a part of your writing work i mean that your understanding of of how uh you know how one moves through a a piece um you know, is becomes important, like those those pauses, yeah. and those those you know the punctuation and and where you place things. Like you're saying, you replace the ands and the thes, and you know that's all part of that fluid motion. So I think there's a there's a you know still a dance beauty inside inside what you're doing. Oh, thank you, thank you. I never really thought about, or maybe I just don't want to think about. It. I never really thought about dancing in relation to my poetry, just because. I think it's a long process to think about that. I just don't want to commit myself to thinking about. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, that said, as we kind of filter toward the ending here, who are, uh, you know, not to give away your next list or anything, but who are some of those poets right now that we should be reading, um, you know, that we should be racing toward? And then uh, where will we be able to find your work? Who are poets? Oh my gosh, this question always baffles me because of course there are a thousand poets in my mind, but of course when the question comes, it goes blank. Um, so I, I say poets who I really love right now, who I really can't get enough of. Um, I really love um, Haloon uh, Zhu's work a lot. Um, his work is really, really good. Um, Tyler Bias, of course, Ultimate phenomenal. Sun, Ultimate Sun Cell and, and Shudder are two of the best. Yeah, right now. yeah. they're really, really good. Um, Kay Ivor's work is really, really good. Um, God, who else? Ah, this question baffles me all the time. There's more, of course, but I can't think of them. Okay, yeah, I can't think so, of them, but just let's, know. Let's ask this question then. Who was the last poet you were super excited to host uh, in your bookstore? <sighs> or have you been able to truly host in the bookstore yet since it's uh, opened a new, uh, a new, a new... Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not my bookstore, it's... Um... Open book. books, yeah, the poetry bookstore. Um, yeah, it's not my bookstore. So Billy Swift is the owner of the bookstore. Um, and then Gabrielle Bates is one of the workers there. Um, that sounds crazy. Um, Gabby. Um, a, book, a, book, Gabby. a bookstore that, that, you know, for you and Gabby to be to be at a bookstore together on a regular basis is, is pretty cool in the poetry world. Like that's Yeah, cool. yeah. That, that's how we, I don't know, this is, I don't know people know that that's how we actually met we actually met in that bookstore um so like we like so like i, I, I moved to seattle and i was like i want to do like a, a seattle poetry hang poet hang and i only knew gabby um and Duji through twitter and i knew they both lived here and me and gabby were like we like put on the books the, the poet hang and i had started working at the bookstore and she had worked there we had met like pretty much like that night pretty much it was like ah and we met Duji that night we were like ah um, and then she was like, let's do a, pod a podcast. We were like, ah, okay. Um, and so that's pretty fun. Um, but as far as, okay, I want to get back to the poet question. Oh my God, there is a poet on my mind that just literally just slipped my mind. It's going to drive me insane. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry, poet out there, right. but on my mind. I'll end up getting a 2 a.m. Uh, email from you. That's... I know. Oh my gosh. It's going to blow me. I'm sorry, poet. You're in my mind. Just know good vibes is out there. Just know. Blessings to you, poet. Well, well and on the flip side of that, uh, I assume you guys are getting ready for AWP up in Seattle. And so that'll be a, that'll be a nice, uh, a nice uh, showing at the bookstore. It's going to be great. I will say, you know, it is overwhelming to have someone to be a poet in a city where ADP is going to happen. Oh my God. Never experienced that, obviously. Like, last time ADP was in Seattle, I had Chicago. So I was like, ah, out of that. However, being a poet in a city that has that conference is a very overwhelming because, of course, you want to host all the poets, you want to do all the things with the poets, all the stuff. So, of course, folks who come to ADP in Seattle, if you see me, say hi, all the things. <laughs> I would love to hang out with you. And if I don't hang out with you, I apologize in advance, but let's kick it, have a drink, have some wine. It's great. And also I'll be back in my lovely home every night by myself with my boyfriend, my dog. <laughs> 
There you go. Where can we find your work coming up? Uh, because I want to make sure that we send everybody that direction. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing coming up, to be honest. Um, everything, okay, that's a lie. I just lied to your face. Um, <laughs> I was going to say. I do have a new um, poem being published on poets.org, poem a day, um, cool. this month. I do. I don't know what day it comes out, but it is a, a brand new poem um, that is not in the book at all. It is a poem that I wrote, honestly, last year, actually. So it's kind of old to me. Um, and, you know, if if we're thinking, we as in the collective, Luther Hughes and everyone listening, if we're thinking of Luther Hughes writing a next book, that poem is in the uh, strain of a possible next book. Am I working on, am I working on the book number two? I am not. Don't ever ask me that question. Not happening. However, if a book was to be made in the future by Luther Hughes, this poem will be in the strain of said book. Coming out sometime in August, um, it's about birds. So that's great. You just told me you weren't going to write any more poems about birds. I don't know. I know. Well, it's not a crow. All right. All right Luckily, right. no, there's no, no. I love my, I love my girlies. Love my crows. They're not. There would not be another Luther Hughes poem ever again. Sorry, girls. All right. Well, uh, then we will look forward to. Let's see. The one man show, uh, <laughs> the uh, the anime manga book, and the uh, the script to a video game in the near future from uh, from luther hughes uh thank you so much for hanging out with me today on tpq20 it was an absolute pleasure i truly appreciate you uh and i look forward to sending everybody your direction uh and seeing what comes next thank you thank so you <laughs> have a great rest of the day you too bye Thank you for listening to the Poetry Questions TPQ20. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week.